morning, Journey. Hope you had a really good Thanksgiving. My name is Brandon. If I haven't had an opportunity to meet you, I'm one of the pastors on the ministry team today. Uh, Listen, I have always been fascinated by the human body, so much so that when I graduated from high school, I had a dream that I wanted to become a doctor. And so I started a pre-med track in college, and in my sophomore year, I had an opportunity to, to witness my first surgery. And I was so excited about this opportunity because this is what I aspired to be. I wanted to work in the area of sports medicine, maybe an orthopedic surgeon. And so I had an opportunity to see my first surgery and I had to scrub in like all the doctors do. I had to put on the hat and the mask and wear the scrubs. And I remember walking into the operating room and there on the table was a large six foot eight basketball player who needed a full knee reconstruction. He had blown out his knee severely, and he was getting his near, uh, knee taken care of. And, and I was so excited. And the doctor took out the scalpel, and he began to make an incision down the top of his knee, across to the bottom of his knee. And I'm like, this is so cool. I get to see inside the human body. And, and then the like any time you cut your body, it begins to bleed. And so the surgeon took out a, a tool that began to cauterize the skin to prevent big time bleeding. And it was at that moment that he began to cauterize that my head got a little bit light. <laughs> my stomach began to turn. My knees started shaking a little bit. And the last thing I remember is someone in the room saying, get him out of here. Get him out of here. I woke up outside of the operating room, true story, coming to my consciousness, realizing for the very first time, maybe I am not meant to be a doctor. Maybe I'm not meant to be a doctor. And that very next, very next semester, I changed my major in school. But I still am fascinated by the human body. The 206 bones that make up the skeletal system, the, the 642 muscles that, that we have inside of our body, the 78 different organs, they, they fascinate me. And every part has a specific role. It has a specific function. When all of those body parts function together, we have our body. It's, it's an amazing thing. And we're going to discover today that the body, the human body, is a powerful illustration of the church. Paul's going to teach us that today. We're wrapping up a series that we've entitled Love Like Jesus, and we've had a series premise. The series premise is this thought, that if we want our world to look more like heaven and our lives to look more like Jesus, that w- then we need to learn to love like Jesus. And so Pastor Christian in week number one gave us the picture of what loving like Jesus looks like. If we were to paint a picture of what, what loving like Jesus looks like, he, he provided that for us. And then week number two, we learned of the purpose of loving like Jesus. And we learned about our, how our attitude should be. We learned about our impact uh, of when we love like Jesus. And we learned this, that when we become a living sacrifice And our lives then become pleasing to God and useful for people. And today, I want to talk to you about the priority of loving like Jesus. What is the priority of loving like Jesus? In fact, I actually want to answer this question. The question is this, is 
Who's the most important when it comes to loving like Jesus? Who's the most important when it comes to serving like Jesus? So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. If you brought your Bibles today, you can, you can pull those out right now. All of the notes and all of the scripture will be in our JCI app as well. I know many of you use that, so you can follow along there as well. So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians, and Paul is writing a letter to the church at Corinth. Uh, it's a letter that he wrote in about 53 AD. Now, Corinth is located in modern-day Greece. It's about 50 miles to the west of Athens. And, and Paul planted this church in about 48 AD. And about five years later, he realized that the, the church in Corinth was struggling with division it was struggling with immorality. It was struggling with theological confusion. And so he wrote a letter to remind them to run as fast as you can away from sin and, and to work together, to work together so that you can see people who are far from God become Christians. And if you read the book of 1 Corinthians and many of Paul's letters, he talks a lot about unity and teamwork and how we all play on the same team. And today he's going to talk about how the body is a powerful illustration of the church. Now, Paul sends this letter to a Greco-Roman culture who's just absolutely fascinated by the human body. Uh, we know this because of their ancient figurines that we've, un, uh, that we've dug up from archaeological digs. We know this because of the art that we see displayed in their sculptures. And I wanted to show you some pictures of the Greco-Roman uh, culture and their, their artistry and their sculptures. But trust me, they were fascinated with every part of the human body. So I couldn't show those to you today, but take my word for it, okay? We want a PG-rated service today. But everyone who read this letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth could immediately begin to relate to what Paul was saying. And Paul, again, is going to use the human body as a powerful illustration of the church. And as we read this, you're going to hear, you're going to hear that he uses the phrase body or physical body. You're going to hear the phrase body of Christ. And ultimately, these two phrases mean the church. He's speaking to us today. So let's take a look at it. Look at it. We're going to work through this passage in a, in a few verses at a time. So look at, let's look at verse 12. He says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. You see, Paul specifically talking to a group of Christians at the church at Corinth. And if you're a Christian today in this room, his words are for you and I as well. You are a part of the body of Christ. You are a part of the church. And that is something that is significant. And if you're in this room today and you don't call yourself a Christian and you're not a follower of Jesus, let me just say this. You are always welcome to be here. You're always welcome to be here. And, and, and we know that some of this language, some of this wording may sound kind of confusing or may, say, may sound kind of awkward. But listen, you are also invited to be a part of something significant, something really special. And that is the church, the body of Christ. It's not a club. 
It's not an organization. It's not a business. It's, it's so much more than that. Paul's going to tell us it's a living, breathing organism that moves and has, it has purpose. It is a spiritual body. And just as the body is made up of many parts like hands and feet and, and, and knees and lungs and heart, the church is made up of many parts as well. Each part is different. It has a different purpose, a different role, a different function, but they all represent the whole body. And our differences and, and, and the variations in all of us are actually something that we can celebrate and we should celebrate. Each person in this room today who's a part of the, the church uniquely contributes to God's purposes through the church. It's variety in our race. It's variety in, in, in our talents, in our gifts, in in our gender, our age, our personality characteristics, our interests and our hobbies, those are all something that we should celebrate. You know, this last Thursday morning, I was doing something I love to do every Thanksgiving, and that's get up and make myself a cup of coffee and watch the Macy's Day Parade. Anybody else love to, the Macy's Day Parade? Yeah, I love getting up and watch, watching and seeing, seeing the floats. I love especially the marching bands. I love the marching bands. You know, I have never seen a marching band with just tubas. Have you? I've never seen a marching band with just cymbals. That, that would get annoying. That would, get, that would be, that would be uh, somewhat frustrating. The music, would be, the music set list would be kind of short. I mean, there's only so much you can do with a, a cymbal. But listen, when you get a marching band filled with a variety of instruments... It plays an incredible, incredible noise. It makes an incredible sound. It makes incredible music. And the church, just like that marching band, needs the variety to, to have a significant impact in our community and around the world. In fact, the church needs variety to function properly, to have the greatest impact in our community and around the world. If you don't mind, would you open up your bulletins real quick? Hopefully, each grabbed one when you came in. And inside your bulletin is a card that we've been referring to this entire series. Would you pull that out for me for just a moment? Humor me on this. Um, it should say, Love Like Jesus at the top. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've had over 185 people sign up to serve JCI or serve in JCI in some capacity for the very first time. Over 185 people over the last couple weeks. And would you know that not all 185 people signed up to serve in the elementary room or in the elementary area? Not all 185 people said, sign me up to serve in guest services. Not all 185 people said, sign me up as a part of our building and grounds crew. No, we had an incredible variety of people signing up in one of these categories, and we need this multiplicity of backgrounds and gifts and roles to function properly and have the greatest impact in our community and around the world. And so in our passage today, when it comes to serving, Paul is going to give us counsel or to caution us in, in a few different areas. And I want to share those with you today. The first one that Paul shares with us, the first bit of counsel he would give us today is this. He would say, avoid the inferiority complex. 
Avoid the inferiority complex. It's that feeling of inadequacy, feeling like I'm not that important. Now, don't raise your hands, but how many of you in this room have not signed up to, to serve in some capacity at JCI yet because you feel inadequate to serve? Maybe you've thought in your mind, I'm just not, I'm just not trained, or maybe I'm not talented enough, or or I'm unworthy, I don't have a whole lot to bring to the table, or I don't have a whole lot of biblical knowledge or biblical background, certainly I can't be used in the body. You see, Paul addresses that in verse 15. Let's look at it together. He says this, Now if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? Did you capture for a moment Paul's sense of humor? I hope you did. He's using a little bit of humor to drive home a point and to paint a visual in our minds. He uses this phrase, what if the foot would say, as if the foot could develop a mouth and a tongue and some vocal cords and begin to speak to other parts of the body. He says, what if the ear should say, as if our ear has a mouth and and can begin to talk to other parts of the body. You see, Paul creates a great word picture for us and it's this picture of a, of a monster. Like Paul would have been a great employee of Disney or Pixar uh, of our day today. He says, what if the whole body was an eye? And as soon as I read that, the first image that came to my mind was Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc. You remember his character? He was all eye and no ears. He says, what if the whole body was an ear? Like an ear, a big ear with two arms sticking out of it and a couple legs sticking out of it walking around. Like like this is really cute in cartoons, but it doesn't work in the church. It just doesn't. Just like our physical bodies, the church needs all of its parts functioning properly for, for greatest impact. So hear me, never, never underestimate how much stronger the church can be if you engaged in serving. Never underestimate how much stronger the church can be if you just simply engaged in serving in some capacity. And when it comes to serving the church, there are no inferior roles. Uh, Unfortunately, oftentimes the inferiority complex happens when we begin to compare ourselves with other individuals or with other roles in the church. Perhaps you might be thinking, well, if it's not on stage, it's really not that important. If it doesn't take place on this stage, it's not that significant. Or maybe you may think if no one recognizes me for for what I have done, maybe it's just not that important. Do you know that there are dozens of individuals during the week and on Sundays that serve consistently every week that you will never see? You will never see them. But if they didn't serve, you'd recognize that? We have dozens of individuals during the week that, for example, they, they take these bulletins and they, they fold them and they put the content inside the bulletin. 
Now, each one of you were given one of these this Sunday, and you'd know it if they didn't serve during the week. Uh, we have a group of individuals that are operating the camera right now so that we can, so that we can broadcast online so that thousands more people can see us uh, on the web and, and watch us live right now. If they didn't perform their role, you, you would know it, and the people watching online would know it as well. Uh, we have individuals that get up on Sunday morning between 6 and 6.30, show up on Sunday morning and put the signs out. They put the banners up. Listen, you would recognize it if they didn't, if they didn't show up. We have volunteers serving in the nursery and infant preschool area that are holding babies so that mom and dad could come and participate and be a part of this experience and hear distraction-free. You would know it if, you, if they didn't serve on Sundays. Listen, there are no inferior roles in the church. Every role is significant. Every role is important. And every part has, is responsible for helping the church, helping the church see people who are far from God become passionate Christians who make a difference in this world. A couple weeks ago, we were hosting a launch team training and we are, in just a few months, going to be launching our JCI Second Campus in Kansas. And, and one of our awesome launch team members got up and shared this story to the team that I wanted to share with you today. Her name is Jennifer, and she shares an account of when she served uh, on a Sunday when it just, wasn't, uh, it just wasn't a good Sunday for her to be here. Listen to what she said. I was scheduled to serve in the toddler room, but my older children were ill that day. I took my youngest with me to church knowing I was driving 30 minutes both ways and I wasn't going to be able to attend service. When I, when I got in the room to serve, a new guest had come to visit with her friend. She was a single mom and very nervous to leave her son. She didn't think her son would make it through the service, but I promised I would do my best. He started crying immediately and was only content if I held him in my arms. Anytime I tried to put the little guy down, he cried. And after what felt like a very long service, the little boy's mom was the last to show up. She was relieved that he had stayed the whole service and appeared to be happy. As the mom walked away, her friend stayed behind and was excited to share with me some exciting news, that, her mo that the mother had made a spiritual decision to follow Jesus during the service. That's why I was at church that day. That mom was able to hear the sermon because her son was taken care of in the nursery. And that little boy, I pray, will grow up in a home knowing Jesus because his mom was able to hear. Listen, God has positioned the parts just as he wanted them to be. And there are no inferior roles. He has given you gifts. He's given you talents that are specific to you and only you, but must be utilized to help the body become stronger. He has uniquely wired each and every one of us, if used properly within the church, so that we can help the body or the church become stronger. And, and hear me, God never makes mistakes. He doesn't create monsters I love what David writes in Psalm 139, verse 14. He says this, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. Listen, Paul's saying that, or David is saying that you are made on purpose 
for a purpose. You are made on purpose and for a purpose. And if you're still on the sidelines waiting and wondering and looking for an opportunity to serve, we are not as strong of a church without you getting involved. We're just not. We're not as strong of a church without you getting involved. So be careful. Be careful to avoid the inferiority complex that may preventing you, may be preventing you from serving. But then Paul changes gear a little bit and he, he comes at it from a little bit of a different direction and he provides another caution. And his other caution is this, beware of the superiority complex. Look at, look at what he says in verse 20. He says, as it is, there are many parts, but one body. This eye can, the, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Last week, I was playing basketball with a group of guys in a local gym, and, and uh, I, I was playing for about an hour, and all of a sudden, I made a basketball move, and I felt something snap in the bottom of my foot. It was excruciatingly painful, and I fell immediately to the ground. My wife took me to the doctor that day, and the doctor said, listen, Brandon, you have, uh, you have ruptured your plantar fascia, and you should probably wear this boot. Now, I wore this boot last Sunday, and it drew a lot of attention. So I knew I was speaking today, and I wanted everyone to stay focused, so I didn't wear it. But the doctor said, you need to wear this boot so that you can get it, so it will heal. And, I, and I'll put the boot back on after service. Thank you, Michelle. But, but it actually is a, is a great point that I wanted to drive home today. Although it was extremely painful and, and extremely awkward, it would be silly it would be absolutely silly for my hand or another part of my body to say to my foot, listen, you've caused us a lot of problems. You're, extreme, you're causing the body a lot of pain right now, and you're drawing unnecessary attention to us. Can we just get rid of you? Let's just get rid of you, and let's not use you anymore. That would be silly. And when we serve in the church, listen, when we serve in the church... We can become passionate about what we do. And we want you to be passionate about what we do. But there is a danger that Paul is telling us today that, that we can begin to think that our job and our role and our responsibility is by far one of the most important roles within the church. Like if it's not for me, everything else fails when it comes to the church. In this room right now, according to national averages... There is about 7% of you that are living without your appendix right now. At some point, your appendix was infected and the doctor needed to remove it out of your body or more damage would, be, would happen to your, your body. And in the age of modern medicine, we still don't necessarily know what the appendix does. We have our ideas, but we don't necessarily know. But we do know that when it's infected, we pull it out of the body. Unlike our appendixes, guys, when it comes to serving in the church, there is no appendix. 
There is no appendix. Every person in every position is important to the body. And it would be easy for some of us to say, listen, my job and my responsibility is the most important. If I don't do a good job, church is no good. Listen, a message, a message has been being shared from the time people drive onto the property until they come into this room. A message like, is this church going to be friendly or unfriendly? Is this church accessible or inaccessible? And it would be easy for me on a Sunday to say, listen, Brandon, uh, uh, if you don't nail your, your preaching today, church was a failure. But that's not the case. Preaching is just a small, small part of the experience that people have on a Sunday. So listen, never, never overestimate. Never overestimate your importance or the importance of your role in the church. Never overestimate the importance of your role in the church. Remember, just as God has arranged our physical bodies, He has also arranged the parts of the church. And if God has put the body together, no one is more important than the other. No one is superior to one another. So Paul says, be careful to avoid, to avoid the inferiority complex. Be careful to avoid the superiority complex. And then Paul concludes with just this simple thought. And I summed it up into just one simple phrase, and it's this. We is stronger than me. We is stronger than me. It's not very good English, but I'm using it to drive home a point. Look at what he says in verse 26. He says, if one part suffers... Every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. And underline this next statement if you can, if you have something to mark. And each one of you is a part of it. Each one of you is a part of it. You see, if everything is working properly, this is supposed to be how it works. If someone in the church is hurting, then we all should hurt. And should all experience some pain. If someone in our church experiences a great victory, then then we all should experience that with them. And that's why we love to share stories. That's why we love to share the story of Jennifer. That's why we love to share numbers with you. Because numbers share a story. Especially, especially when we all work together. You know, in just six, six years... Of, of existence, JCI has seen some pretty significant things. We have experienced some significant things. We've seen nearly 1,800 spiritual decisions. We have seen 359 baptisms, people who, who shared their story and, and were dunked in a tank, a water tank. We, we've seen nearly 100 parent-child dedications We've seen 167 people serve on the foreign mission field to get a, a passport and leave, this, leave the United States and go serve in other parts of the world. We've seen hundreds serving in Lee Summit and now Kansas communities. And, and now, listen, we are approaching nearly $1 million invested in local missions, global missions, and church planning. Not just one individual can take, take ownership of that. That's something that we have accomplished together. That's what happens when we work together because we is always stronger 
than me. Have you ever been sitting down so long that your leg falls asleep? Has that ever happened to you? That happens to me from time to time. Maybe I'm sitting awkwardly on my leg, and it's one of the most... It's one of the most awkward things. You can see your leg, your leg's tingling, but it's, it's numb. It's numb. And when you go to stand up, you kind of hobble a little bit. You kind of limp around, right? It, it, it's an awkward feeling. And there's a danger that when you sit too long, your leg falls asleep. You know, the same thing can happen in the church. And I mean this in the most loving way, but some of you, some of you have been sitting too long. You've been sitting too long, and, 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 and maybe it's time today that you engage, engage in deeper ways at JCI or in our community. Now, we understand that some of you may have needed to sit for a while to get healthy because we learned in week one of our, our series that healthy Christians are helpful Christians. But maybe today is the time for you to re-engage and to get plugged in. Because the fact is, is that we are not as strong of a church unless you fully get involved. So let's go back to the question that I hope to answer today. When it comes to serving and loving like Jesus, who's the most important in the church? The simple answer to that question is, is we all are. We're all important for, because of two really simple realities. The first reality is this. The impact of the church is directly dependent upon the engagement of people serving. It's that simple. The greater number of people serving equals greater impact in our community and around the world. And number two, we are a stronger church. We are a stronger church when everyone, when everyone is involved, when everyone is serving. Why? Because we is stronger than me. Would you, for the last time in our series, would you mind pulling this out? Everyone in the room, please pull this out. We're going to look at it together. There are individuals right now that maybe God's stirring in your heart. Maybe He wants you to get involved in deeper ways at JCI and you've never plugged in before. I I pray today that you do that. And and one of the easiest ways is to fill out this, this card that we've been filling out for the entire series. And at the top it says, Love Like Jesus. And there are seven different categories for you to plug in and maybe you have a bend or a, a or 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 a characteristics that best fit in one of those areas would you check one or two of those boxes many of you throughout the series have said well plug me in wherever is needed one of the areas that we most need the the, the help is in the area of infant and preschool ministry and elementary ministry so if you love kids and want to be a part of that ministry check one of those boxes and our team is going to follow up with you in the next couple weeks. Write your name, write your phone number, and write your email. In just a few minutes, our ushers are going to come forward with blue buckets and we'd love for you to place these in the bucket. Why? Because we is stronger than me. And we we can be a stronger church if you engage in serving. Would you pray with me as we close today? God, I pray right now you're speaking to hearts. God, I pray that you have invited us to be a part of something very significant, and that is the church. God, thank you that you've invited us to be a part of that. And we're so thankful for JCI and everything that it's accomplished. But God, we know, we know that we can accomplish so much more if more people get involved. 
Maybe you're sitting in your chair today and you're not engaging in serving because you're struggling with feelings of inadequacy or feelings of inferiority. Would you just in your seat right now just release those feelings over to God? Would you allow Him to remove those feelings in your heart? Because you are significant. You were created on purpose for a purpose. You were created to make the body stronger. Remember, the only prerequisite to serving in the body is to just simply say yes. God, I pray that you're speaking to hearts right now that have not engaged in serving because of their feelings of inadequacy, because of the feelings of unworthiness. Help us. Help us to avoid those feelings. Help us to avoid the inferiority complex and to understand that every part of the body is important. And maybe in your seat right now, you're, you're, you've not engaged in serving because someone has inappropriately demonstrated superiority over you and has made you feel unimportant. Would you consider for just this moment, would you consider moving forward by forgiving that individual because you are important to the body of Christ? God, right now, for those individuals who are not serving because they have been hurt and they feel unimportant, Lord, help them in their chair right now. Help them to forgive. Help them to forgive as you have forgiven us. Forgive me. Forgive me for those momentary thoughts that my job is more important than anybody else's. God, we know, we know that the church is much stronger when everyone is serving. We know that we can have greater impact in our community and around the world when everybody is serving. So Lord, help us to engage and continue to be the church that you want us to be because we is always stronger than me. In Jesus' name I pray. We all said, amen.